tell you what, it is always good to be Arsenal. Welcome to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast, episode 3. What a game we witnessed on the weekend. Chelsea 3, Arsenal 2. An epic meeting. Defending optional. <laughs> it's good to be back. Usual format, guys. I'm going to get into it by doing a match review of the Arsenal game. Potentially preview the Newcastle game. I won't say too much about that. Answer your questions from social media, of which I have an absolute ton. So thanks for getting your question in, guys. And yeah, I'm going to get into it. I just want to actually put a pen in all that for a moment. And thank you guys for getting me a bunch of followers on Twitter. I'm over 5,000 now and growing quite quickly. Really appreciate it. I love getting in- involved in the conversation with you guys about Chelsea. And yeah, that's a great sort of way for me to grow a following and get more listeners on the podcast. It's worth mentioning now, you can listen to this podcast, the Yannick on Chelsea podcast, on pretty much every single podcast platform. It's now available on Apple Pods and uh, Spotify and iTunes, all that sort of nonsense. And I found it in one of my apps on Android, so I think pretty much it's everywhere. Subscribe. Please give me a good rating on Apple Pods if you want to support me and you are listening to this podcast, because I think it helps out a lot. So, yeah, thank you very much. Let's get into the Arsenal game. And what a game to get into. Jesus. I tell you what, like I said at the beginning, defending optional. This really was the kind of game that a lot of people thought it might be in the sense of two teams, two new philosophies, two attacking styles, uh, two new managers and a very a couple of very unsettled defences. And that was evident. Great game to watch. Bit nervy at time for both teams. Must have been a superb game for the neutral. Absolutely bonkers at sometimes, but it was a, a great football match. And we beat Arsenal at the bridge. I remember last week when I was recording the pod, I was like, we're going to beat Arsenal. I had nothing to worry about, right? I mean, it started so strong and then it got a little bit uncomfortable. Let's look at the lineup. Um, Kepa, Riza Balaga and goal. I wouldn't mind having a quick word on each player in the lineup as I sort of um, read out their names. So Kepa, by all accounts, Kepa is a very, very good keeper. He's clearly very confident in the way he talks to people. Um, He was obviously tested a lot more today than he was at Huddersfield, and he did flap a little bit. I think that's a lot down to an unsettled defence and even system in front of him, so I don't want to judge him too much. He did get a hand to one of the goals that was scored. I think it was um, Mkhitaryan's goal that He'll be disappointed he didn't stop. It kind of looked like a bobble and roll under his hand. But, you know, it's, I think his reflexes are very good and his distribution's good. But he will need time to settle. So back four. Um, I could spend a long, long time talking about the back four, but I won't. I think Rudy's very good. He's um, obviously still got those natural leader qualities. You know, he's quite technically good. He's very fast and he's got an awesome header on him. Louise, I think, will ultimately suffer. In this back four, I think Christensen may come in because it's just not... I know he tries to get his head up. He always holds onto the ball and tries to stay calm, get his head up and find a long pass. We don't have that much time under this new Sari system. He's really got to move quickly and he's not the best in one-on-one defending. And When we've only got two centre-backs afforded to us, I think that's a bad thing. So I think I love Louise. Everyone does. He's superb for the club. I hope he does better. But I do think there's a chance for Christensen to come in and steal that spot. As for the equator at right back, 
I think he's excellent. Um, I've said before in previous podcasts that spot in the Sari system suits him a bit more than uh, your, your sort of more conventional fullback would in terms of how Sari plays. But, you know, excellent one-on-one defender. Always got his head down. He's always concentrating. And you got, you know, another assist for his, uh, for his homie Morata. So, you know, sort, sort of not immaculate, but very, very good as Equator. Happy for him to be there. And then um, Alonso. So <laughs> he's causing a lot of stir within the Chelsea fans, Alonso. He, he puts everything in. And he's such an offensive threat. And he got his goal, ultimately the winning goal in the match, right? So he scored so many important goals for us, this dude. He's got a peach of a left foot. And he's just in it to the end. You know, you bank on him to score these last-minute winners, or certainly very late winners. And he gets assists, and he's just always there offensively. The problem is, at the moment, we are crap defensively. And he's just not... never has been a very good defender, you know? I mean, that's why the wingback role suited him, because he had this sort of cover, but he's not a great defender. He's very slow. I mean... I critiqued him before for not being able to beat a man in the final third, but that clearly doesn't matter in his offensive game because he he can just be a useful asset. You know, he's in the sharp end of the attack. He, he does his bits, so I can't, you know, criticise him for that. But when we're leaking goals and we're looking shaky, we need to be better at defence. I've been calling for Palmieri purely because he looks more like an actual fullback that can defend. You know, if if Alonso's bailing us out like that and scoring his goals, you know, he's ever the whole league envies Chelsea for having Marcus Alonso. I've got mates that support every single team across the uh, across the Premier League, and they would they would all love him. You know, there's United fans like gagging for him. You know, even bloody Spurs fans and people. You know, they 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 love a fullback that chipped him with loads of goals. It's just when we see this sort of shaky uncertainty at the back. It's difficult to look past Marcus Alonso. Anyway, one thing that is important to take note of is we have got an excellent new coach. His Napoli team wasn't particularly leaking. He might coach Alonso to be better. So I don't want to like beat this dead horse for ages. He, you know, he was the hero on the weekend, as he has been many times for Chelsea. So you know, I'm happy for him to stay in the team. It's just. We need to shape up defensively and, you know, we're still the majority of Chelsea fans. I think we'll be interested to see what happens when Palmieri does get his chance in other competitions or if, um, if something happens to Alonso in terms of injury. We'll have to see. Okay, so let's go to the midfield. Let's look at the... Okay, so let's look at what we've been talking about before. Jorginho Ashwin due to the Sari system. By the way, just to put a pin on that for a second... Saw that video of that, excuse my language, fucking dickhead talking about Jorginho on ESPN. Jesus Christ. It, I think, you know, non-Chelsea fans alike were like losing brain cells listening to that geezer talk. He clearly didn't know what he was referencing and what he was, when he was um, saying those things about Jorginho, they sounded to me a lot like sweeping statements. But by all accounts, he's taken a hammering on social media ever since he said that. And I think, you know, we're all pretty confident throughout the season he's going to get proven wrong. But I just had to comment on that absolute knobhead. Excuse my language once again. I think this will be uploaded as an explicit podcast. <laughs> but it's worth it. Um, okay, so he is showing in that midfield three at the back, um, on front of the back four. 
there will never be any question about that in terms of how Sari wants to play, how important he is there for him, and how he's kind of his just sort of on-field general as well. So he's never going to move. And then there's the two slots. Now, we all sort of said Kante and question mark. I did a Twitter post about how I feel really bad about Barkley, how he trained so hard over the summer to get fit and how he studied Napoli's system for Sarri and how he's finally ready. This kid had so much talent years ago. You know, he was like this sort of darling of England, this young midfielder that was going to change English football. He's incredibly talented and he's been getting his head down and he's been looking good. More importantly, he's been progressing under Sarri. He's looking better and better. The game against Arsenal, we did a few exciting movements and... There was that time when he like dribbled out of like a handful of uh, Arsenal players and got shot away across goal. That Czech pulled out a great save. It's a testament to his hard work, and you know he doesn't lose drop concentration. He's just progressing. But when Kovacic came on, he looked different gravy, mate. So you know I posted about how I felt sorry about Bar- for Barkley. I got a lot of um, interactions on that tweet, and um, how you know quite rightly due to just sheer ability and immediate performance Kovacic is going to take that place um so you know th- and again I had to put the disclaimer in the tweet this tweet is not about Ruben Loftus-Cheek um we all love Ruben but I was just talking about Barkley and how he'll probably be replaced by Kovacic and quite rightly so but what I want to spend a little bit of time talking about is Kante widely regarded as the best defensive midfielder in the world and you know immaculate dude so good won the pretty much won the premier league for leicester i know they had vardy and mares doing the sort of long passes and sprinting onto the balls and you know magic by mares but it all happened because of kante comes to chelsea we win the premier league as well wins the world cup wins the fa cup he's there's no question of the sheer brilliance of this man and his demeanour, humility, and just everything about him. So he is the best defensive mid. When he went and won the World Cup with France, pundits were talking about how there's more to his game. His passing is good, and how he can go forward a bit more. And then we talk about how Sari arrives, and Sari's going to play him in one of those sort of eight roles, I suppose. He's sort of gone out of that deep six, and he and Kovacic or Barkley are in a more forward eight so that sounds cool and interesting, right? Um, more to his game, could become the best midfielder, all-round midfielder in the world, maybe. Who knows? He could, uh, he's been making those forward runs. I think he's very good at doing what he's told Kante. If he's instructed to do something, odds are he will execute it well. But I'm a little bit concerned, purely because it's not his best role. Um, I don't think we can dislodge Jorginho from that position purely because of what Sarri's trying to implement and what he believes in in his players in front of him, and then, you know, particular Jorginho. Um, So I'm just a little bit concerned that I was thinking, okay, Barkley's been playing really well, da-da-da-da-da, but if Kante's not doing this sweeping up, what he's so useful and what, you know, he makes, when they say, oh, he's like two players, he's like two players because he's running around sweeping up, making those recoveries. I posted that uh, stat about how many recoveries he made last season just in the Premier League. Extraordinary. If he's not doing that, 
if they're just trying to train him in this new role, you lose so much. I know it might not just suit the role, but I had like this little thought. Say Barkley is getting a lot, a lot, lot better, and he has a really good offensive part of his game. You know, imagine one game where, <laughs> God forbid, we don't play with Kante and we play with Kovacic and Barkley in those two offensive eights with Giorgio sitting deep. I mean, maybe the combinations would be even better. You know, Barkley can dribble too. So we've suddenly got two dribbling midfielders in Kovacic and Barkley. And you just think, damn, what would that look like? I know it's crazy. Kante's undroppable and I can't see it happening and we'll make it work some way. But there is that element of concern of, well, we're not doing what he does best now. And could someone be doing what he's trying to do in his role better than him? It's not a difficult argument to make when you look at it, his skill set. But I have faith in Kante and hopefully he just develops himself into this sort of amazing number eight. And also we get to see some of his other game come back, you know, see some of those great interceptions and recoveries, even though he's in a different position. So yeah, I wanted to get that off my chest. Talk, hit me up on Twitter if you agree with me or tell me how you feel about Kante um, in that role. I'm really interested in talking about it with you guys and Chelsea fans. Uh, yeah, so that's our midfield. Front three, we had Pedro, Willian, and the Spaniard big dog, Morata. Um, quick point on Morata. I did say last week, I think, or the first pod, that I really didn't think it was going to work with Morata. Not that I don't want it to. I just thought the mentality thing might might floor him due to, you know, his history. He's got previous at different clubs. He took his goal brilliantly. I'm, I'm going to go through the goals in just a second. I'll get back to that. But I really hope I was wrong about Morata because we do need, especially now we've sent Michi away, we need a striker to get like 18 plus goals in the league. Uh, we had Pedro Willian on the flanks and um, Hazard did come on. Kovacic came on and uh, Giroud eventually came on as well. So that's the lineup. Let's talk goals. All over them in the first what, like tw- I think we might have conceded the chance or two, but we did. We were all over them in the first sort of twenty odd minutes, and it looked like we could be dissecting Arsenal. I was getting so excited. First goal from Pedro. Um, they're on the break. Alonso puts in a peach of a pass uh, across the front of goal, lands on Pedro's foot. He slots it away brilliantly past Czech. Um, I've said before how I think Pedro is a really Sarri-esque offensive player, like how he's in the mould of Dries Merton. Little guy, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really sort of adept in the 4-3-3 in the style Sarri wants to play from his Barcelona days. So I think he's going to be a permanent fixture. Willian did not really play very well in this game. Bit of a passenger. You can see that front three being Hazard, Morata and Pedro. Again, I said that before last week. I've been saying on Twitter for a while now. Every game that sort of goes by kind of cements that um, notion. What a goal from Pedro. Get him in your fantasy teams, guys. I reckon he could bang 15 goals this season. Second goal from our Spanish Spanish archer, um, Alvaro Morata. Individual goal. I think, yeah, Azpilicueta sends him up the ball. And he gets it. He's got a couple of defenders on him. Or certainly he's at the last man. And he sort of turns him a little bit. Goes back to the near post. Uh, and slots it away beautifully, actually. It was a really great striker's goal. We always say, like, there's that old cliche of when a striker's not in form or not scoring. He just needs one to come off his ass and go in the goal. And then he's, he's up and running again. But Morata didn't do it that way. He scored a gorgeous goal. 
and uh, good on him, man. It was a, it was, it was excellent. Stamford Bridge. I wasn't there, but it sounded like Stamford Bridge was going absolutely nuts. And uh, quite rightly too, excellent goal. He did that little celebration um, where he put his thumbs or fingers in his ears to sort of uh, insinuate he's blocking out all the all the noise from the media and fans, which is which is cool. It's showing that he's getting over it. But excellent, brilliant goal from Morata, and we need to see a lot more of that. Let's not get too excited just yet, but that's a that's a step in the right direction, um, especially considering the quality of goal. Okay, so it's two 0 Still in the first half, we are going to concede two goals from Arsenal. Um, it's worth mentioning they could have scored like what four or five goals in this first half. I don't want to ruminate on that too much because you know they. If they screw it up in front of goal and shank it, then that's that's on them. But um, this is where we were, well, where our defence was pretty woeful. You know, I um, I said at the podcast defending option, or I've tweeted it as well. We kept getting done. We kept um, they kept doing us over and over and over on the wide flanks, and it's that exact same diagonal cutback where they were just getting so much joy. And then there's someone in just like, you know, even like the bloody six-yard box or something. They just kept getting done over and over and over. Take it wide, take it past the fullback, cut it in, and there's someone waiting every single time. Poor Ariza Balaga, he looks like, at one point, just in despair that this just kept happening. Yeah, the Mkhitaryan, Iwobi, and Abamyang once or twice, maybe? I think he put it past the post once. They just kept shanking it over, and like, it's just... You know, at first it's funny the first couple of times for Chelsea fans, but after that you're like, this cannot keep happening. Ultimately, they score two goals. Mkhitaryan's goal is a little bit better than just one of those uh, conceding one of those cutbacks. He has a, he's a bit further out, and he had you know it's a wicked hit. He puts it in the puts it in the corner. Yeah, I think that's um, when Ariza Balaga should have. I don't want to say should have saved it. He gets down, he gets a hand to it, and it almost rolls under his hand. Whether his hand can be stronger or it's spinning and hit a bobble, I don't know. Um, at least he got his hands on it, that's promising. Uh, and Awobi, Awobi scored, um, I think, another one of those cutback-style goals that we just kept conceding, you know. It's quite funny in the post-match, a couple of times in the post-match interview and presser. Sorry, you're saying, um, you know, 75 minutes was excellent. I was seeing what I wanted to see, 15 minutes was horrible. <laughs> and then he went on to say later, for those 15 minutes, it would be better to be smoking. He loves the smoke. Um, yeah, so that first half was mania. Um, I think on Match of the Day, Gary Lineker said something similar, and he said uh, the second half was more like a game of football, which I think everyone would uh, be inclined to agree with. A little bit more, not reserved, but just sort of um, concise and drilled a little bit more in how he played. And yeah, Marcus Alonso came up with that goal at the very end, um, running into the arriving in the box. So yeah, Hazard came on with Kovacic. Game changes, really. I quite liked how they were on the bench. I did mention prior to the game they would make an appearance from because uh, from that's what it sounded like from what Sari was alluding to. And uh, they both came on together, changed the game. Kovacic just looks pretty darn good. I know it's only half an hour or maybe less, but he looks good, man. And that's why I feel bad for Barkley, because I feel like that sort of quality is just going to slot right in. I think Sari himself said he expects a lot from him. You know, when when your gaff is saying that, then obviously a lot's probably going to come. Um... So yeah, he and I think he and Hazard looked like they enjoyed linking up together. There was a sort of um sense of 
Galactico interplay there, which we like very much. Um, and Hazard, yeah, Hazard got the assist for um, for Alonso. He was, you know, by far the best player on the pitch again. He's just so good. I don't want to talk about it really on the pod, but some of the stuff he's been saying, I still think he's trying to keep that idea for Chelsea fans that he might go next summer. He said he is happy here. He like he likes how the fans love him. But we'll see what happens. I think if he does get the chance again, he will want to go. I'll talk about that another time. I don't want to get into it. We all love him at the moment. And regardless, we will always have seven wonderful years with Eden Hazard. So yeah, anyway, he was excellent with Kovacic. Um, Giroud came on. He actually looked pretty good as well. Right at the very end, um, he and Hazard were, were just through because they committed some men forward to try and get the equaliser. We got him on the break and Hazard played in Giroud. Probably should have taken the shot on himself, Hazard, um, but Giroud gets a good strike and a straight uh, check and the game ultimately finishes. Um, maybe he could have tried to play Hazard in again. I have to see the footage, but you know it would have been better if Hazard just took the shot on. At the moment, he's just trying to come on and help the team like he always does. He's not selfish enough and whatever, yada, 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 yada. Anyway, so we beat Arsenal 3-2 and it was good fun. They lost their first two games. Granted, it's against harder position. I think Sari will have a lot to learn from this game, um, but he will be happy with a lot of stuff. And yeah, mine, that is the match review. I hope I covered enough stuff and let's move on. Just a quick note before I move on to the Newcastle game. I just want to uh, acknowledge and express some emotion about how Brighton beat Manchester United 3-2 last night. Uh, it should have been free one. I think they can see the late penalty. I think the uh, Jose implosion is en route. But um, yeah, damn. I actually feel bad for like Pogba and Martial and stuff. But um, I just want to put that out there. And it's just even funnier that it was after a Manchester City 6-1 win. Which isn't that funny because, you know, we have ambitions in the league too. But anyway, um, I digress. So let's just look ahead. We're away at Newcastle next uh, next week. Um, I don't want to say too much about this game. I think there'll be continuity in terms of the lineup. I'm hoping Eden Hazard will start. It might be a tricky game, you know, away at Newcastle. For them, defending is not optional. It's going to be harder to break down. Um, it's not. It's going to be less of a basketball game. You attack, you attack, you attack, you attack. And it's going to be Rafa, you know, putting some breaks on there, I imagine. Um, Kennedy won't be able to play because he's on loan from us. Mitro might have some joy against us, I don't know. Point being, it's going to be a tough game. The only thing I really want to sort of mention on that is I hope that Hazard starts. And I want Morata to you know, to try and get another goal. Just see what happens. Um, It's very difficult to comment a lot uh, when you do a preview like this because it's not like a derby. Um, You know, again, they've got Shelby. He's been looking good in the middle of the field. Um. He's really good at picking a pass, but I just, um, I think we should win. I don't think we'll dismantle them, and I probably don't think we'll get a clean sheet. I think we're going to concede a lot of goals. Sorry keeps talking about he needs a month, two, three, until the, the team is where he wants it to be, and I think as an Italian manager, he does take pride in defence, so he's not going to be happy until we you know, sure up that defence a little bit more, which is going to take a while. Like I previously mentioned in the pod, I think, you know, there might be at least one casualty in our defence, and I think it might be David Louise for Christensen. Uh, Christensen's a great baller. 
does move the ball a quick a bit faster. I don't think he plays as good long balls as Louise, but if he's um defending better in a two and he's getting the ball out of his feet quicker for even the short passes, then you know that sounds better to me. Um, all right, so yeah, I don't really want to talk about this for too long. The uh, Newcastle match. Um, I did want to talk about some other stuff, but I kind of covered that in the match review and looking at the lineup. When I was driving over to the studio here, I was just thinking, you know what, I really want to mention my concerns about N'Golo Kante in the eight role, and I've covered that. Um, again, I am really looking forward to um, to talking to people on Twitter about that, if you guys have, uh, have anything to say about it. But yeah, so with, with Newcastle, it's going to be a tough away slog. They're a mid-table team, they're resolute defensively. Rafa, you know, he's no mug, he doesn't like to lose, or he doesn't like to get whipped. Uh, well, maybe he does in the evenings with um, some leather, but we won't go into that. Kind of looks the type, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, let's uh, let's leave it there for the Newcastle uh, preview because, uh, you know, I don't want to talk a load of shit about something that I can't really predict too much. Um, if I had to, well, let's, you know, let me do a school prediction. I think we're going to win uh, 3-1. We're not going to keep a clean sheet. We're not going to absolutely destroy them. Okay, 2 1. I've changed it. It's 2 1. <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Keep getting points on the board, uh, points on the board, lads. And we will be fine, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so I want to move on now. I got so many questions from you guys from social media. So I want to go on to those and read them out. If you asked a question, hopefully you're listening to this pod. And I read out your question and answer it for you. Let's go. <laughs> All right, I got a bunch of questions, guys. Um, I'm going to go through them and read them as I record like this. A lot of them might be similar. Oh, I might have already gone over them. Um, I'm just going to have to reference back if that's the case. Um, let's have a look here. So, Chelsea Murjam. Murjam, I'm very sorry, everyone, if I mispronounce your name on Twitter. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Do we really need to keep drinking water this season? The poor guy needs to go where he can uh, play and not just sit on the bench every season. I completely agree. It's a difficult one with drink water because the club invested £35 million. Jesus Christ. I think Conte really wanted drink water and Kante. When he first came to the Premier League uh, in 2016, I think he was looking at the Premier League and Leicester won it. And he's like, right, they won the Premier League quite well. What have they got in the midfield? The engine kante and drink water so i think he went to chelsea you're a really big rich club it looks like they're not buy those guys <laughs> and i'll win the league and they were i think they were a bit like we can't take their whole midfield you know we will do business with them we'll give them a lot of money pick one and thank god he started with kante you know and we ultimately won the league and i think he came back for drink water later when the, the sort of shit hit the fan a little bit and we overpaid for him because i think he wanted him uh, he's English, homegrown quota and all that, and we overspent. He started quite well for us um, in his debut in a cup game of the Champions League. He scored like a really good long-range banger, and we know he's got great ability. He's really good at forward passes. Well, he certainly was in that counter-attack system with 4-4-2. But there's no point uh, looking back at what he was good at. He's not going to be a success uh, at Chelsea. I'm pretty darn adamant. No, we don't need to keep him. Or maybe we, d- maybe the club want to keep him for the quota, but a £35 million investment to sit on the bench. We won't make that back. I think he's a bit of a problem in that sense, financially. 
um, you know, but he's not going to gain value by doing nothing. So maybe a loan, I don't know if he wants to be loaned to a European club or, you know, maybe we end up selling him back to Leicester for like a £10 million loss, which the club will not want to do. Chelsea hate being mugged off. Um, but to answer your question, we, I don't, we shouldn't need to keep him. There might be sort of financial and political reasons why we're keeping him at the moment. But yeah, I feel sorry for him. Absolutely. I think he's a victim of circumstance and it's not fair. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question the best. Uh, Dr. Bake. Shouldn't Christensen have a decent chance of reaching the starting 11? We looked woefully, woeful defensively at times versus Arsenal and he's a good passer of the ball. Um, doesn't that make him suit sorry style of play? You know what? I've just gone over that, dude. Dr. Bake. You are completely right. I'm in total agreement with you. I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like that is exactly what should happen, probably for Louise. I think Rudiger offers too much as a centre-back who can play in a two um, defensively as well. I mean, granted, we were conceding a lot of chances because of just how unsettled we are systematically. So yeah, I agree with you, dude. Dr. Bake, Christensen should come in soon. Dylan's Chelsea, at Dylan's Chelsea. Yeah, this is another thing I've sort of gone through, but let's um, let's uh, elaborate on it. Do you think Alonso's offensive skills make up for the lack of defending, or do you think Emerson should start? So I've sort of like talked about how I feel on this, but it's a good question. Does his offensive skills make up for the lack of defending? Kind of, yeah, at the moment. I mean, you'd say we wouldn't be in that sort of predicament at the end of the game if we were defending better. But if you, it's not just that game. I mean, look at the Spurs game when he scored the late winner. He's cut, he's turning up. It's not just being good offensively. It's having the you know the nuts to actually go and win it in these London derbies. There's a lot to be said for that. Oh, I know. There's a lot of people calling for Emerson, looking at it systematically, but you can't. Yeah, it's pointless me arguing with the guy when he's doing this. Uh, let's see how he does. If we have a couple of like, you know, quiet shit games where he doesn't do anything and he's crap defensively, you shouldn't. It's it's messed up, right? Because you shouldn't have to have a go at your fullback if he's not just scoring loads of goals. They're not there for that, man. So um, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? You don't need to rely on goals from your fullback to like get you out of. I mean, it's good, but it's not good. It's awesome, but it's woeful. But for the moment, I'm going to say yes, it does make up for it because everything's new and then it's infancy. And if he's bailing us out like that, he stays in the team, doesn't he? Uh, Chelsea FC United. I don't know about the United at the end of your name, but you've got blue all over your profile, bro. So that's good. Where do you think RLC will fit into this midfield? Yeah, it's difficult because I've been talking about like Barkley Kovacic. Um, I haven't actually spoken about Sesk. Sesk is actually injured, but I did feel like he would not become, he would not be a starter and he'd be a rotation player. Unless, of course, Sari looks at it really sort of um, tactically and there's something very specific that he thinks Sesk can do against the opposition. But um, yeah, with Ruben, I really think he'll get his chances in other competitions. And he'll have to bully his way through him. And that's what he'll have to do. I think he knows that. He wasn't even in on the bench against Arsenal. Sari was questioned about it. And he came out with a response of, sometimes he has one or sometimes he has two midfielders on the bench. He only wanted one midfielder on the bench. And that was Kovacic for this game. So he wanted to put him on the bench. Didn't say anything else about it. I don't think he's got a particular problem with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. 
I don't think he's this, this like outstanding worldly player that he can ignore. We'll have to see. He'll get his chance in like um, other competitions and have to see how he does. If he really shines, then sorry, might have a headache, but you know, don't expect the world from Rubes at the moment. Uh, Chelsea Blue Blood. Um, hit me up about Louise again. Do you think Louise really deserves to be ahead of Christensen and Ampadu? No, not really. I love Louise. He can be a baller, but he's not showing. I mean, let's give him another game or two, but you know, he is making a few mistakes. He's not, he's, you know, notoriously not great at one on one defending. He did do a little great, a good defensive move against Arsenal. It was just him and the last man. Um, I don't know if a long ball was coming in, but he shuffled forward and made an offside trap really quickly. And it was a very in, um, intentional, intelligent defensive move. So, you know, he's got it in his locker. But Ampadu, I don't know. I'm the biggest Ampadu fan, man. I think, like, he's just ready for anything. Um, I, I think he guess he's going to definitely be a centre-back, but we've seen him play in midfield as well. He can't, uh, with our senior players, he can't be a starting 11 Premier League player. He's just, even though he's just immaculate, for a centre-back, you just want him, not even 18. It's just difficult to say, oh, this 17-year-old should be our starting 11. Plus, you know, I'd be very happy with Rudiger and Christensen starting. So again, to talk about Louise, I'd have Rudiger and Christensen. And, you know, Louise and Ampadu played together before, didn't they? Is it in pre-season? You know, maybe they could do different competitions together and we'll have the big hairstyle partnership. Uh, Chelsea merge them again. When will Hazard start the game? Hopefully next weekend against Newcastle. I mean, it's difficult. He's doing bits off the bench at the moment and we don't know how fit he really would be. Uh, Dylan's Chelsea hit me back with the ideal back four. Um, you know, Christensen, Louise, Esplaqueta, and I guess for the moment, Alonso, with, you know, the jury's out with that left back spot at the moment. Um, shed in blue? Shed end blue, I'm sorry. I should really be able to see the shed end there uh, at CFC Zarm. Since Juan Mata left Chelsea, I feel nobody has quite had that fluid connection with Hazard that he did. Can Kovacic finally fill this void? Great question, Holmes. That is um, a good one. It's early doors to see, but they, like I previously alluded to, that sort of a Galactico-style uh, interplay. Both can dribble. Both um, sort of very um, high-level frequency football connections. So maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, I can't answer that question, obviously, because I haven't seen enough of him. I, like the rest of you, watch some Kovacic highlights. Uh, at Real Madrid, he wasn't much of an offensive play. He was a bit more defensive by the time he got there. But in terms of uh, interlinking, yeah, possibly. You know, and that could be a great... Imagine if he does link up really well with Hazard. Could be another string to our bow to try and keep the little Belgian at the club. Okay, I need to fly through some more questions. Um, Mario D, when will the defence get recognised after being uh, opened up today by a moderate attack? Um, can uh, can we continue to see such huge opening on cutbacks? Yeah, pretty much what I said, bro, Mario. Um, I don't think that cutbacks thing, I don't think it's particularly personnel. I think that's coaching um, and that will get better. Uh, and yeah, so the, yeah. And you said reorganized, not recognized. Um, yeah, it's an organization thing. It's coaching. I can't tell you. Hopefully within a few games, it's very early doors. We can't criticize Sari for not having an immaculate drill defense in the new system yet. We've seen some great football. Let's just keep um, keep the faith and see what happens, bro. And then you also asked me a question about Fabregas. Well, Fabregas is 
Oof, excuse me, will Fabregas have a hard time entering Sarri's midfield from uh, returning from injury? Oh, yeah. Um, and how do you think Ruben uh, Callum... Da, 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 da. Okay, Fabregas, he has got an injury. Um, it was a bit weird the way he talked about it. It sounds like an odd injury. I heard Nizar Kinsella talk on the London Is Blue podcast. Great podcast, by the way. Check it out. Um, he Nizar Kinsella is a reporter for, uh, for Goal. He's a Chelsea correspondent, and he goes to the uh, com- uh, press conferences. And he said it was, he, got, he sounded a bit funny talking about the injury. Uh, he sort of said it was very strange and unusual. Apparently he was injured before the Community Shield, yet he played on the Community Shield. He looked crap um, and off the pace, but it was all a bit weird. Like, should he have played? Um, he's going to have great difficulty getting back into this team, if you ask me. Um, with Kovacic and Barkley, uh, we'll have to see. He might be the V-team uh, centre midfielder that plays in. Europa League Cups and then have his chance there to muscle his way back into the first team for the Premier League. But like I alluded to before, Sarri may well find uh, an opposition where he thinks Cesc will offer a particular attribute that will help him tactically and he'll throw him in the team. We don't know. Have to see what the Italian gaffer does. Um, I've talked about Rubes, mate. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Callum Hudson-Odoi. He likes Callum. He did say to the fans, you know, chill out. He's a kid. He's staying with us. He's not going out on loan. He'll benefit from being with us. But, you know, don't get overexcited. I think hopefully, goddamn, you'd want to think we'd see a lot of him in Europa League. Let's just hope that's his competition and he starts in that and, you know, he stays in that and gets loads of time because, you know, he'd be more than happy with that. Come on, the kid's 17. You know, people in the development squad are like early 20s. So, yeah, we'll hopefully see Callum hitting up there. Jeez, I got a lot of questions. Okay, Kingsley Ina. Um... What do you think about the defence? I've gone through the defence. The only thing really worth talking about this is should we try Moses on the full right-back position, Kingsley? I'd say no, man. um, He's been tried, obviously, in the front three, which is not overly inspiring. Uh, I know he's good offensively, and he's actually good at taking on a man sometimes, but still, when you've got, like, some of the options we've got in that front three... It would literally be like, met for me, he'd be like starting an early Europa League game there or coming on as a sub. Um, I think Moses is going to be the most big, biggest and obvious casualty through this system. Um, oh, Matthew Landis. Should Kante and Jorginho swap spots in the midfield? Great question, man. I'm pleased you asked this because this is like I've been saying in the, in the earlier in the podcast. Now... I don't think Jorginho should go forward because he plays what he plays. He plays that sort of deep-lying general. I don't think he is a number eight. Um, you know, that's why Barkley and Kovacic and da 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 would be better. Um, Ken Kante wouldn't be able to play his role either. Kante, playing deep, he'd just be given that license to do what he's an absolute god at, sweeping up recoveries and tackles. So no is the answer to your question, dude, because it would totally screw up the system. And sorry, wouldn't want that, but I can see why you're asking it, and that's why I was posing the question before about is Kante going to be this magic eight? Great question, dude. Keep them coming. Throw something at me next week. Um, let's see. Aleem footballs. Do you think this keeper will come good for us? Heavy, dude. Yeah, hopefully. I think he's a big talent. It's just the price tag and the age and the new league. You know, we're not going to like flog him. He's a good keeper, widely recognized in Europe as great ability. So I can't see anything going wrong. Um, and my my main man, Ryan, back on the podcast, dude. 
Um, against weaker sides that look to park the bus, do you think there's a chance we'll see William deployed in the midfield? Ooh, that is a question. I love that, dude, because we have seen it briefly. Um, yeah, and you think maybe against something like Newcastle away. And you know what? I love that question, dude, because he he would be a great option in that, like, number eight. I think he could do it, and I think he'd be happy at a certain point just to be playing in the 11. Um... Yeah, I like it. And then we could have like a really offensive front three. Um, I don't know is the answer. I'm just buzzing on the question because I've seen it before and I think he would be good because in the final third, he's good at picking up the ball and moving with it and dribbling. So if he releases it quicker to one of the fir- the, fir- um, the attacking three who can be less, um, have a bit more of a final product than Willian has recently, then yeah, great. I'm with that, man. Love the idea. I don't know if it will happen. Certainly, I don't know if it's Sari's vibe, but I'd love to see that, mate. Um, you've done a couple more questions. Shall I read them out? Tell you what, man, because that was such a banger. Hell yeah. Uh, do you think Kante runs marathons for a summer vacation? Why was he able to immediately stake the starting spot uh, to play the 90? Uh, easy. He's a robot. Um, and then you talked about, yeah, yeah. if Kep is so much more vocal than Courtois, does this reduce the need to have a true leader? Duh. No, 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 no. We need it because... You, you almost want to lead a spine. Remember Chelsea of old, so like the sort of mid and the sort of late 2000s teams. We had like generals all along the spine. Uh, it's good that he's vocal because he's commanding the back line to help him out, which is decent. That's what he needs to do. Um, hopefully he keeps that up. Um, but we no, we need leaders everywhere, bro. A good team, you know, leaders one side of the pitch to the other. You don't need every player to be, but certainly can't just have a... Your goalkeeper, Holmes. Uh, yep, so hopefully that answers that. Need another top quality defender from Strive for Greatness. Mm, he's, he mentions Costas Manolas. I would quite like that, but I'm quite happy with our centre-backs at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, that's good. Ashley asks a question. Enjoying the pods. Thank you, mate. That's kind. Why is Alonso getting so much stick in the past two games when he's been our best player? Surely he's earned the opportunity for people to stop moaning. The fullbacks both need help. Yeah, from the wingers. Great point, man. I mean, I myself have hit the Alonso drum, not because of his offensive ability, purely because of um, his tracking back and defending. He's not a notoriously good defender. Um, it can't. I hope you've listened to the whole pod, man. You've heard me talk about Alonso because there was more questions about him and I did talk about him a little bit. Yeah, he deserves praise, man. I mean, he's scored so many important goals. Uh, he tries so hard for the team, and let's hope he just tightens up with some coaching from Sari. He absolutely doesn't deserve to be slated or hated on because he's doing amazing stuff for him, but people do have the right to question him systematically due to his defensive abilities. Uh, yeah, I can't really elaborate more than that, dude. It's early doors. But yeah, I'm glad you've um, enjoyed the pod, man. Please tell your mates if you've got any Chelsea friends. I'm really trying to grow the platform. Um, okay, so that. Uh, rounds up social media questions guys i mean you've got a whole bunch i really appreciate it i think it's awesome um yeah so i'm gonna wrap it up all right guys thank you so much for joining me again on the yannick on chelsea podcast i really appreciate all the questions all the nice messages and you guys subscribing to the podcast like i said before you can now listen to it pretty much everywhere and if you um if you've heard this through, I don't know, Anchor or some other streaming online service. Subscribe on Apple um, Podcasts, iTunes. 
please, 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 if you do enjoy listening to me waffle on about the Chels, please give me a five-star rating on iTunes. I think it really helps, guys. I don't know if you can rate it anywhere else, but if you can, that would be really appreciated. Um, Follow me on Twitter. Chat to me on Twitter. I love talking to you guys. And that is it. Thanks again, guys. Keep the blue flag flying high up the shelves, uh, carefree, wherever you may be. And Yannick will see you later.